you would, I'd like to ask you if you would take the Word of God and turn with us to Second Chronicles chapter 20. Second Chronicles chapter 20. Second <clears throat> Chronicles chapter 20. That is right after First Chronicles. If that helps you out any. <laughs> Second Chronicles chapter 20. And we're going to begin reading there in verse 1. Beginning in verse 1, the Word of God states, And it came to pass after this also that the children of Moab and the children of Ammon with, their, with them other beside the Ammonites came against Jehoshaphat to battle. Then there came some that told Jehoshaphat, saying, There cometh a great multitude against thee from beyond the sea on this side, Syria. And behold, they uh, be in Hazon Tamor, which is in Gedi. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. And Judah gathered themselves together to ask help of the Lord even out of all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. And Jehoshaphat stood in the congregation of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court and said, O Lord God of our fathers, art thou, excuse me, art not thou God in heaven and rulest not thou over all the kingdoms of the heaven? And in thine hand is there not power and might so that none is able to withstand thee? Art not thou our God, who drive, excuse me, didst drive out the inhabitants of this land before thy people Israel, and gavest it to the seed of Abraham, thy friend forever? And they dwelt therein, and have built thee a sanctuary therein for thy name, saying, If when evil cometh upon us as the sword, judgment or pestilence or famine, we stand before this house and in thy presence, for thy name is in this house, and crying to thee in our affliction, then thou wilt hear and help. And now, behold, the children of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, uh, whom thou wouldest not let Israel invade, when they came out of the land of Egypt, but they turned from them and destroyed them not. Behold, I say, how they reward us. O come to cast us out of thy possession." which thou hast given us to inherit. O our God, wilt thou not judge them? For we have no might against this great company that cometh against us, and neither know we what to do, but our eyes are upon thee. And all Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, their wives, and their children. And then upon Jehazel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, uh, the son of Jel, and the son of Matthew, Mattathaniah, a Levite of the sons of Asaph, came the Spirit of the Lord in the midst of the congregation. And he said, Hearken ye all Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem, and thou King Jehoshaphat, thus saith the Lord unto you, Be not afraid nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Let's go to the Lord in a word of prayer. Now, Father, as we come before your precious throne of grace, today we are so blessed and thankful. We're blessed and thankful because we know that you're holy, and, Father, you're mighty. And, Father, you're our creator, 
And Lord, we come to Thee today asking, Father, that You might lead us and guide us, that we might know Your direction in life that we are to go. Father, to follow You explicitly in that direction. And Lord, because of that, we need guidance through Your Holy Spirit. And so today we ask, Father, that You would take charge. Take charge of this lesson, Father, that You might instill it in the hearts of our people. I pray, Father, also that You would undergird me and strengthen me, Father, that I might have clearness of thought today, Lord, and, and, and will to speak. And, Father, that through the holy unction, Lord, that You bring into our lives, that, Lord, You would allow me to speak it with fervor and with truth, Lord. And then, Father, we thank You. We thank You that these have gathered here today to hear Your Word once again. And we pray, Father, that if there's someone lost in the service today, Lord, that they might be saved. I pray, Father, for those that are stepping away from You, Lord, those that are saved that yet have become backslidden in their spiritual life. I ask, Father, that You would bring them back to You, that You would strengthen them and encourage them, Father, and help them to fall back in love with You like they once were. And then, Father, we thank You for all Your goodnesses today. Bless now in all these things. In the precious name of our Savior, Jesus Christ, we ask this prayer. Amen. You may be seated. There was a uh, sunken ship uh, in, I think it was in the Atlantic. Uh, it had millions of dollars in treasure on board. And several major salvage companies came with expensive and elaborate cranes and all kinds of uh, other equipment. And they attempted to lift the sunken ship. Uh, it was a Spanish ship. And, of course, it had all kinds of uh, bloom and so forth on it. And they tried this over and over and over to get to the spoils of that ship. And they were unable to lift it. After all else failed, there was a poor man who... Uh, had access to a couple of barges. And he was allowed to attempt to raise the sunken vessel. He waited for low tide, and then he chained the ship tight and secured uh, it to the barges. He then waited for high tide to roll in. As the high tide rolled in, the old ship was lifted with ease of a baby being lifted from a crib. The crane needed to lift the sunken treasure was the mighty power of the ocean. The poor man with the barges had learned the secret of harnessing the ocean's power and taking advantage of almost unlimited resources. God also has unlimited resources today, and He's made them available for all the occasions in our life. God has made unlimited power available to us today. He has given us power through our submission and to His authority and to his power. I've taken this scripture today and I've entitled the message today, The Battle is Not Yours, but God's. Quite interesting this morning as we sang that song earlier that it spoke about the battle and how God overcomes the battles in our lives. Each and every day we all face battles. If you're not in a battle right now, you probably have just come out of one or you're probably going into another one. And the reason we have battles in this world today is because Satan, he is here and he is trying to do his evil work. He tries to do it with our young people. He tries to do it with our adults, our seniors. 
He tries to move through congregations just like ours every single Sunday and every single day. And he tries to push against the things of God. He tries to make us think this thing and that thing when we should be thinking of the things of the Lord. And yet, this is a battle that we all face on a daily basis. Now, how do we deal with the battles that we face? How do we deal with the devil as he comes and brings these things against us? Well, with God on our side, who can be against us? I was thinking this morning, I knew that we were going to sing this song this morning in the choir because as they were practicing it this past Sunday, uh, I told Sister Heather, I said, that's one of my favorite songs. Dr. Curtis Hudson, uh, in the last few years of his life, that was his theme song. Every time he came to the Soar of the Lord conference, he would get up and sing that song, I'm on the winning side. He knew that his life was coming near an end and he would still stand yet and, and teach and preach the Word of God and sing it with such fervor and excitement that he knew he was on the winning side. To be here on this earth was to do the will of God. To be gone and be in heaven, he was at the place where God wanted him to be and where he had accepted that God was going to take him one day. Now we've all been in battles from time to time like Curtis Hudson like Jehoshaphat here. And we also should turn to the Lord for His strength and His guidance when we come to those times and also for the courage we need to go through that battle. You see, this wicked world we live in is the battlefield. And you and I are the soldiers that go out and fight. Uh, Paul tells Timothy to be a good soldier of the Lord. And we need to all be good soldiers, not just preachers and teachers and, and missionaries and evangelists and so forth, but every single one of us need to make sure, because we all are on that battlefield, that we go out and do these things as God has told us. And so we think of this. So remember this today, that the battle is not yours, it's the Lord. Remember he told David that, that the battle was not his, but it was the Lord's. As David comes in to uh, bring his brother's lunch like his dad had asked him to do, he comes there and his brothers come to him, his eldest brother, and he says, Little David, why are, why are you here? Why aren't you at home taking care of father's sheep like you're supposed to? And David tells him, he says, Well, I'm here today because Dad told me to come down here and bring lunch to y'all. And then he says something quite important. He says, Is there not a cause? As David had been standing there and looking at into the valley of Elah and seeing uh, Goliath standing down there and making fun of the uh, children of Israel and the armies of Israel and how that they just kept being defeated, David looks at that and he realizes that God is calling him to a greater feat than he has ever imagined. And so he goes over to the king and, and the king says, Here, take my armor. And, and David says, I can't take this. I can't wear it. It's too big for me. And so David goes with just a, a, a handful of stones, smooth stones and a sling like he had used many times before. And he went down into that valley and he met this giant Goliath. Goliath was an Amalekite. He was not a Philistine. He was an Amalekite, and the Amalekites uh, were a tribe of people that grew very tall. They were very strong. Some of them were 10 to 12 feet tall. Now, can you imagine meeting somebody like that? 
Well, sometimes I'm in an elevator at the hospital or something. Somebody taller come in and they have to duck to get into the elevator, you know. Well, these guys, they wouldn't even have fit in the elevator. They'd have probably had to sit down in it and still been tall like they were standing up. But you see, David goes out there in that valley and he takes his sling and he slings it around like this. And as he's slinging that thing around with the stone in the little pouch there, he lets one of those strings go. And as that string lets go and that, that smooth stone drives forward, it hits Goliath right between the eyes. And he begins to stand there for a second. And that's the last thing that ever went through Goliath's mind. And he falls to the ground. And of course then Goliath... As he hits the ground, the ground pounds and, and David walks over to him and takes Goliath's own sword and he takes it and cuts the head off of Goliath. And he takes that head and he brings it back over to the king of Israel and he sets it down before him and said, Okay, here you go. <laughs> Goliath's taken care of now. Now, how could that happen with a young boy. David at that time was probably in his teen years and how could this teen boy go out into this valley and, and, and to defeat this giant? How could he do that? Because he had been reminded many times that the battle was not his, but it was God's. And you see, the, the army of Israel and the king had forgotten that the battle was not theirs, it was God. And they had not let God go before them and teach them and become victorious for them. You see, sometimes when the armies of Israel, being so small, would go up against a greater army, God would send an invisible army that would go out before them. I believe it would be the angelic host, and He would send them out before the armies of Israel, and He would deplete, He would cut down the other enemy army. And the children of Israel would become victorious once again. You see, every single time there is a battle... And every time we realize that God is in this battle with us, that God will always be victorious. And if God is always victorious, the child of God is always victorious as well. And we stand with Him. What a sweet, sweet blessing. So as we think about the battle not being ours, but being God's, what can we do to help ourselves in this? What can we do to help ourselves understand this? Well, first of all, number one, there needs to be some preparation. There needs to be some preparation in our lives. If you would take the Word of God in, in chapter 20 and look back at verse 3. Notice the Bible says, And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord, and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. So the preparation is here. He set himself to seek the Lord. And those definitely, dear friend, if we are going to go into battle against the devil, and we're going to go into battle against the armies of evil, dear friends, today you and I, understanding that that battle is not ours, but God is there with us in that battle, we need to make sure that we always seek out His guidance and His leadership. Uh, Brother Woody uh, hit on it this morning about talking about prayer. We need to make sure in our, in our lives and in our prayer lives we approach every single day with that prayer and seeking God and seeking His guidance and His understanding. Amen. Always, always, dear friend. And Jehoshaphat, being the king he was, that he loved God, he looked forward to those things, and he feared that army that was before him. 
You see, one of the things that we need to understand today is we do need to have some fear today. Well, of course, first of all, we need to fear the Lord and we need to reverence Him in that fear. But, but yet we also need to fear the evil one because you and I today alone, we cannot defeat the devil by ourselves. If we're going to be victorious over the devil and his evil influences, the only way we can defeat him is by having fear and knowing who and what the devil is and what he does. And Jehoshaphat, he, he set himself to seek the Lord. I believe we all need to set ourselves to seek God today in every single thing. Now, if we're going to have the power of God, we must also have purity of heart. And that means our hearts need to be clean and pure when we seek Him. One of the most important things about prayer is that the first thing in our prayers, if our hearts are not pure, is we need to seek God and ask God to forgive us and repent of those things. Even share those things that are holding you back, uh, those little evil things that might be in your life, those little sins that might be stopping you from doing the work of God. And as those things stop you from doing the work of God, you've become aware of those things because God's Holy Spirit has made you aware of those things. And now as you're aware of those, it is now your responsibility to go to God and repent of those things and ask God the Father to allow His Son's precious blood to cleanse you and purify you. We need to have a pure heart, you see. And that's one reason why Jehoshaphat, it says there that, that he set himself to seek after the Lord. He wanted to make sure that the Lord's guidance was there. Now, we also need to have an uncondemning heart when we bring, and God will bring some abundant blessings into us. We're not here in our world today to condemn people. We're not here in our world today even to judge people ourselves. For God will do the judging. But we come to people, dear friends, today with that uncondemning heart. And we come to God with an uncondemning heart. And we seek out the Lord for His leadership and His guidance. Because who knows, dear friends, that enemy that you might be facing might one day become your friend because you might now have the opportunity to lead that person to the Lord. Have you ever thought about that? We do not expect a plant to grow while it's out of the ground, do we? I mean, that thing will just sit there and it'll kind of look at you and kind of weep a little bit. Uh, our, <laughs> I'm sad to say this, but our Christmas tree is still in the house, you know. Uh, and it was a live tree at one time. It's dead now, but <laughs> it was alive at one time. And uh, Debbie was taking things off of it this week and she looked at me and she said, that poor tree, she said, I just can't believe how it's drooping, <laughs> you know. The limbs on that thing are just drooping down, just like, I mean, even touching the floor, you know, is drooping so bad. And so we've got to get that thing out of the house this evening. And, and, and my thoughts about this is, you know, it's out of the ground. It's not going to grow anymore. When we found that thing over in Hershey uh, this year, or last year rather, uh, we found a 10-foot tree. And the guy said, it's the only two I have left, an 8-foot tree and a 10-foot tree. And he said, if you want it, he said, I'll give you either one at a great discount. And I said, wow, really? And he said, yeah, I'll let you have it for $25. And I said, well, let me go look at them. And I walked over there and looked at those trees, and, and the 10-foot tree actually looked the best. 
And so he, I came over there. I told him, I said, well, let's do the 10-foot tree. He said, how, how do you want it? I said, well, a 10-foot won't fit in the house. <laughs> I said, so let's cut it down to like five and a half or six foot. And so he goes over there and brings the tree over, takes his chainsaw out and whacks the other part of that thing off, throws it over to the side, and we take it and we get home. I look forever for a stand to put it in, finally get a stand. We get that thing in the stand. I start putting water in that thing, you know, and that tree starts drinking that water, you know, gulp, gulp, gulp. And there for the first week or so, that tree looked beautiful. But then I quit giving it water. And guess what happened? Started doing this. Started looking weepy. Started dying. You see, dear friends, nothing out of the ground like that is going to keep on living. Those plants, those trees, they cannot survive without the ground and the nutrients that, that the ground provides for it. Just like you and I, if we're not grounded in the Word of God, how can we continue to live? When we become grounded in the Word of God, we walk into the church and, and we feel strong. We feel like we are the servant of God. But when we're not grounded in the Word of God, we come in here just like that poor old Christmas tree and we're kind of like this, you know. Sitting in our pews and, and praying our prayers and taking our offerings up and singing in our choirs and even sometimes preaching from the pulpit. So we need to make sure that we are solidly grounded in the Word of God to keep life and keep those nutrients from the Word of God coming to us. You see, dear friends, that's the preparation that we need to have. We've got to have this preparation if we're going to win the battle that is not ours. And I've already shared with you, and you already know this, that we are in battles every single day. Sometimes not just one battle, but sometimes many battles. There are those of you that are facing battles of health right now. Some may be facing financial battles. Some may be facing marital battles. Some may be facing work battles. And as we face these things, we must be in the Word of God. We must be seeking after God. We must have that pure heart so that the Word of God can, can penetrate it and give us the strength that we need and the courage that we need. You know, because there... There, poor old Jehoshaphat, he was afraid, and he needed to be afraid, but he also needed courage, didn't he? So not only do we need preparation when the battle is not ours, but we also need a proclamation. If you would look there also in verse 3 where it says, And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord, and then notice what he says here, And proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. You see, the first thing he does is he, he realizes that I must go to God, and if I go to God then and I talk to the people of Israel and my armies, if my armies are going to win, they must also be the same way I am. They must be of pure heart. They must seek after God. And one thing that brings that into our lives is fasting. How many of y'all today have ever fasted? Amen. Praise the Lord. You see, what fasting does for us, I remember when in college, the very first time I ever fasted, and, and I went without 
anything to eat other than, than bread and water for that whole time. And I remember how clear my, my thoughts began to be. I remember how just relying on the Word of God and studying the Word of God brought clearness to my thought, brought clearness to my direction. And so what Jehoshaphat does here is he goes to the congregation of people and he says unto them, I am proclaiming a fast throughout all the land. He wanted to make sure that their armies were right with God also. That the army was of pure heart. And sometimes, dear friends, you and I, instead of filling our, our bellies with all the fat foods of our world and all the things that, that are in our world, fasting is not just about food, but it's also about fasting off the entertainment of our world and the things of that nature. And if we would ever get to the point where we could do that, dear friends, we would have clearness of mind and clearness of thought, more of that to be able to serve the Lord in a better way. And maybe then the battles would be won by God then in our lives. You see, he proclaimed to fast and then there were reasons for fasting. Some of the reasons for fasting in the Word of God over in Ezra chapter 7 and verse 21. I won't take time to read all these scriptures this morning, but in Ezra chapter 7 and verse 21, the reason for fasting there is for direction. God wants us to know which way that we are to go. Over in Jeremiah chapter 26 and verse 9, he tells us there that the reason for fasting is because of idolatry. There were those serving idols and even the, God's people were serving idols instead of serving the one and holy righteous God. In Daniel chapter 9 and verse 3, the reason for fasting there was for confession. You see, when we fast, we begin to open up our heart and our mind and we begin to realize that we are the reason. We are the, we're the problem and not the solution. And God begins to open up our heart then to see what we need to do and that is confession of our sins. Over in Jonah chapter 3 and verse 5, and oh, isn't Jonah a good example of things to us? It was humiliation. You see, poor old, poor old Jonah... You know, God told him to go to Nineveh, and he says, nope, I want to go somewhere else. And God humiliates him in front of all those people on that ship. And that poor old great fish swallowed him up, didn't he? And then spit him out on the shore. Jonah got his uh, spanking, didn't he? And Jonah then had to go and do what God told him to do. Second Chronicles chapter 20, in our verse, verse 3 there, tells us that uh, another reason for fasting is to help, to ask for help from God. And you see, because he did all these things, he got the right answer. And the reason he got the right answer is because he got his heart right. Let me ask you this question. Are you willing to do whatever it takes to do right? Are you willing to do whatever it takes to do right? So we've looked at the preparation. We've looked at the proclamation. But I want you to notice now the consolidation. Look down in verse 4. In verse 4, the Word of God states, And Judah gathered themselves together to ask help of the Lord. Even out of all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. Wow. They gathered themselves together, first of all. And that's what we're doing here today. We are gathering ourselves together. 
And we're gathering ourselves together today to be reminded that the battle is not ours, that we are on the winning side. Amen? That we're here to serve our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ is with us day and night, every single day, seven days a week, 24 7 He's with us, and 365 days a year He is with us, dear friends. Oh, they consolidated themselves. They got together. We should not forsake the assembly of ourselves together neither. Every time the doors are open in the church, dear friends, we need to be here. Amen. You know, God opens the doors for us to be here to hear His Word, and we need to make sure that we're here. The union of God's people helps us in our prayer life. It, it means a union of power. Do you know that we're stronger together than we are by ourselves? And the strength of our church and the strength of those that are saved in our church gives us great power. It gives us great movement. And people notice things like that. And when they notice things like that, it doesn't matter where they like what they notice or they do not like what they notice. But the thing is, is they notice us. And God notices us too. And when, they, when God notices us, He moves us then, just like He did these people. You see, just like that poor old man, all those other guys had come out there with their big old cranes and all this stuff like that on their ships, all their technical equipment, and they could not bring that sunken ship with all that bloom and stuff uh, that was on that Spanish ship. They, they could not bring that thing up. They tried and they tried and they tried, and finally they failed so many times. They said, just forget about it. It's not worth it. We're spending more money on trying to get it up than we'd be paid by getting it up. But then this poor old man, he says, I think I can figure it out. Let me just go out there and get a couple of barges and we'll wait till the tide goes down and we'll hook some chains up around that thing and when the tide goes up, the power of the ocean will bring that ship up. You see, he had been watching the ocean for years and years and years. And so the poor old man became a rich old man, didn't he? <laughs> You see, dear friends, with us, when, when we do things the way that God wants us to do it, we become rich in our spirits. We become rich in our hearts, dear friends. And God blesses us and encourages us with so much strength and so much courage. You know, if you take one stick and you light it on fire, it'll burn for a, a few minutes, won't it? But if you take a bunch of sticks and put them all together, it'll burn a whole lot longer and a whole lot brighter. I want you to think of yourself as sticks today. <laughs> we don't need just one stick in here. We need a bunch of sticks. Amen? Because the more sticks we have in here, the brighter the light of God will shine. The glory, the Shekinah glory of God will shine forth. And people will see the Shekinah glory shining from over here. They'll see the valley being lit up with the Spirit of God. They'll look over down on the, from the mountains. They'll say, man, something's going on down in the valley. Let's go see what it is. And as they come down into the valley to look and see what it is, they'll come over here and say, well, that light's coming from Calvary, from uh, Calvary Independent Baptist Church. And I love so much the name of this church Calvary because isn't it where Calvary became the victor dear friends and we are victorious today because the battle is not ours but it's God's amen, amen. so today we have preparation we have proclamation we have consolidation but what about the solicitation 
Oh, dear friends, we need to be asking the Lord for help. You see, they also asked the Lord for help. Jehoshaphat stands like a beggar knocking at the door and will not go away till he's answered, you know. That's exactly what we need to do on the door of heaven. We need to be knocking on that door until God answers that prayer. Amen. Brother Woody said it kind of like this this morning until he gets tired of us asking. Amen. God has to answer our prayers. Really? Yes, He does. He has to answer our prayers because God is holy and God is righteous. And he has told us to pray. He's one of his promises to us. Amen. If we will ask, he will hear. Amen. Amen. Many, many times in Scripture he tells us these things. Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. Oh, dear friends, the solicitation that we need to be having with our Lord and our Savior. And then in closing today, I want you to think about supplication. Supplication. Let's look down to verse 6 in our scripture. Verse 6 says this, And said, O Lord God of our fathers, art not thou God in heaven? He begins a, a list of questions. Jehoshaphat does. And as he begins this list of questions, he, he it's in a prayer form. And he's talking to the Lord and he's questioning the Lord about all things. And he reminds them of all the things that God has done for them in the past. And sometimes we need to go to God. It's not that God forgets, but God wants us to know that we remember what God has done. And so we are to go to God and we are to remind God of all the things that He's done for us in the past, all the things that He's done in our church, all the things that He's done for others, and say, God, I know that you've done this. I know you have the power to do this. So, Father, can you do it one more time? Can you do it just one more time? And then he reminds God of the relationship that he has with his people. And oh, what a sweet relationship. It's a relationship of love. It's a relationship of agape love. Agape love is a sacrificial love. God sacrificed His Son for us, and His Son sacrificed His life for us. And here today, dear friends, what are we sacrificing for Him? It's a good question. I believe it's a question that needs to be answered. He pleads for the promise of God to be answered, to be, to be shown forth. His prayer was sweet, if you will, and to the point. Sweet to his ears because he was reminding the Lord. And sweet to the ears of God because God heard him saying, I know what I have done. His prayer was humble. Look at verse 12. Verse 12 says, O our God, wilt thou not judge them? For we have no might against this great company that cometh against us. Neither know we what to do, but our eyes are upon thee. You see, it's an humble prayer. He realizes that he was nothing in the sight of God. But God is everything. God is God. He is creator. And then he's earnest in his prayer. 
We see that also in verse 12. And then his prayer was expectant. Dear friends, if you're not going to believe that God's going to answer, answer your request, why even pray them? If you don't believe it, you're wasting your breath. And God doesn't want us to waste our breath. When, when we're in need, we need to know that God is going to be there. And I believe it today. God may not answer our prayers immediately, but God will always answer our prayers. And we must believe that and trust in God that God is going to be there to answer our prayers. We must believe that He's already done that in advance for us, and all He's waiting on is us to ask. And when we do that, oh, how sweet. But we need to plead. We need to plead with the Lord earnestly. We need to wait, but we need to do it patiently. We need to trust. Oh, and we need to trust fully today. And we need to shine. We need to shine brightly. We need to work. Because the night is coming. That's what the song says. When man works no more. And we need to do that expectantly because we know that the Lord is coming back one day. And then we need to behave wisely. If we behave wisely, then God is blessed. And then because we've done those things, then we should be glorifying God. You see, that's where the shining comes in. And then you know what? Then we need to remember this. The battle is not ours, but it's God's. Again, I go and I say this last statement of the story that I read to you earlier about the ship. God has made unlimited power available to us. He has given us all power through our submission to His power and authority. May you submit today, dear friends, and remember that we're on the winning side. We are more than conquerors through Jesus Christ because He saved us. Amen. So let's remember that. Let's not forget it. Friend, I, I, again, I say to you, I don't know what battle you're in right now. I don't know what battle you just came out of. And I don't know what you're about to go in. But I do know that there are battles that we're facing. And the devil hates us. The devil fights against us. And because of that, we need to trust in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So I'm asking you today, I'm asking you if you're in a battle, you've come out of a battle, or if you feel like you're about to go into a battle. Today when I share the invitation, I want you to come to this altar. And I'm not going to come to you and, and ask you what's going on. I just want you to come and I want you to pray just like Jehoshaphat did. I want you to seek the Lord. And if it takes you fasting and praying, then do that. Fast and pray. But whatever it takes, dear friends, whatever it takes, be willing to follow through with it. And do it for God. And do it for His sake. And do it for you and your family's sake. With everyone standing with heads bowed and eyes closed. Pianist and song director are coming.
Father, as we come before your throne of grace today, Lord, we realize that you're holy and you're righteous. Father, we know through your holiness that you're omnipotent. Lord, you know all things, all things that are in our hearts right now. And Father, when we pray, others are praying too, and Lord, you're you're such a great God that it doesn't confuse you when many pray to you at the same time. For Father, you can hear each and every individual prayer. And you can be there with each and every individual at the moment that they pray. And Father, I can imagine either you allow your spirit to lay his hand upon our shoulders. Or Father, you send angels to comfort us just like you did with your son Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane. And Father, I'm sure that when Jesus was on the cross, if he had called out, legions of angels would have come and destroyed this world. And Father, that was not your will. Your will was for your son to die in our place, to shed his blood that our sins might be become null and void that our sins might be forgotten and forgiven. And so, Father, I'm asking you this morning to work in our midst. Lord, I pray that whatever need and battle that people are facing today, that they would put their faith and their trust in you. Lord, each and every day there are things that arise that we need your help with. Help us seek you, Lord. And, Father, whatever it takes for us to admit and realize and see that sometimes we're the problem Lord help us to see that and repent and get those things right you see Israel finally realized that they were the problem because they were not facing you like they should and finally through a leader who helps them to see it they then realize and become victorious Father help us to be that same way to have victory in you these things now we ask in our Savior's name, Jesus Christ. Amen. What number, sister? 529, if you would get a hymnal. 529. Whatever battle that you're facing today, God is here to meet you. And he'll meet you at this altar. And all you have to do is just simply trust in him. And take him by the hand and let him take you on and become victorious. Thank you. 
Father and Holy God, you're so awesome, Lord. Father, the thing that you have taken nothing and created this world and everything that is here in the universe and all the beauty that's here on this earth, how much, Lord, we find that in all. And yet, Lord, that you would look to this creation to be your friend, to help us, Lord, through the things in life that we come against. Lord, it started in the Garden of Eden, and you were there with Adam and Eve. Even though you had to judge them for their sins, Lord, you were still there even when they were cast out. And Father, from that time forward, you've been with this world. You've not forsaken us, and you've not left us but you've been right there. And Father, we seek you once again. We seek you, Lord, to help. Help our church here. Lord, help us to grow, to move forward. But Father, to help us grow spiritually, Lord, that we then in turn can do great and mighty works for you. Father, it is through our faith that we can do exploits for you. And you even tell us that we can do great exploits. So, Father, help us now. Lord, bless these that have come today around this altar. And whatever battle that they're facing, Lord, I pray that you would help them through it. And, Lord, if you can bring us to it, you'll bring us through it. We know that. And so, Father, help us. Help us all just to put our faith and our trust in you. In the name of our Savior, Jesus Christ, we ask this prayer. Amen.